We're turning in our Bibles this evening, please, to the Gospel of Luke in the chapter 14. The Gospel of Luke in the chapter 14, and we're asking the question this evening, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? The Gospel of Luke, please, in the chapter 14, and we're going to read from the verse 16. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, and the verse 16. And it's the Lord Jesus speaking here, and he's speaking a parable. Luke 14, and verse 16, and this is what we read. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. What's your excuse? Benjamin Franklin once said, He that is good for making excuses, is seldom good for anything else. George Washington said, it is better to offer no excuse than a bad one. One evening a doctor was driving too fast and he made the mistake of driving past a police car. Once the police car sensed that once the police car sensed this, it sped up right behind him. And thinking fast, the doctor reached into his medical bag and lifted out his stethoscope, and he waved it out the window at the police car. And the policeman nodded and drove on, and the doctor got away with it. A few days later, the same doctor was speeding down the same road again. And again, he passed by the same police car, and the police car pulled up beside him. The doctor stuck out his stethoscope, but the policeman wound his window down and stuck his hand out, dangling a set of handcuffs. The doctor's excuse of speeding didn't weigh up on this particular occasion. Another story is told, but this time in New Zealand, a woman was driving for 25 years without a driving license. And she explained to the judge who fined her, I only drive on roads that have very little traffic. None of these roads lead to an office where I can apply for a driving license. Excuses. The Lord Jesus often taught lessons to people he was with by telling stories, which he called parables. And the, the parables that we read together, the parable that we've read together this evening, it's a parable all about excuses. The story 
or parable that was told as a tragic story for the Jews who listened to the story that the Lord Jesus told. It was almost a ridiculous and an impossible story. It would never happen in their society. No such scenario would happen. It was inconceivable. This was a joke without a punchline to the people who listened to the Lord Jesus Christ tell this particular story. You see, in those days, invited guests to a great feast prepared by a wealthy man, you wouldn't have missed it. There was a big free dinner and many were invited. This would have been the pinnacle of social life and the high point in the Jewish society for important people to hold such banquets and to fill them with invited guests was not only to receive a great meal prepared for you, not only the great honour of being there, but to enjoy great music and the fun and the fellowship that would have been there at that celebration. And I want you to note a number of important things from this parable the Lord Jesus Christ told tonight. The first of them is this. There was an invitation to come. There was an invitation to come, for we read in verses 16 and 17, a certain man made a great supper and he bade many, he invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, you're invited, come, for all things are now ready. This man had prepared a great supper. The idea behind supper is more than just your evening meal. It's speaking of a feast. This was a great feast. This was a spread that this man was putting on. And the purpose was to invite guests along for their enjoyment, for them to come and enjoy his company and his house and his food. You see, the Lord Jesus, he invites everyone to come. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, He calls you to come to him. He doesn't invite you to a banquet like this man, but he invites you to come and enjoy his salvation. He invites you to come to him. You see, the invitation here, it's to all come. C-O-M-E. See, the invitation that the Lord Jesus Christ gives out, it's for children. See, it's for all, it's for older people. It's for M, it's for middle-aged people. A, it's for everyone. This invitation goes out to all this evening. The Lord Jesus Christ invites you to his banqueting table of salvation. He invites you to come and to taste and see that the Lord is good. What does the Lord Jesus Christ offer you? This is the wonderful picture of salvation. There's dishes of forgiveness for your sin. There's trays of peace. There's bowls of joy to enjoy. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ offers you this evening. He offers you true inner peace and a joy that this world will never, ever be able to give you. And when God invites you to come to him, he's not inviting you to a boring and empty life. He's inviting you to a blessed and an exciting life. The Lord Jesus has prepared everything and he simply says to you this evening, come. You see, you're lost in your sin. And you're separated from a holy God. The Bible tells us that. The Lord Jesus doesn't turn to you and and turn to you and say, come and there's nothing ready. He's made all the preparations. He says, I have made the provision for your sin at the cross of Calvary. 
I've done everything that needs to be done so that you can have assurance of heaven, so that you know where you'll spend eternity if you'll trust in me. You see, really we should have been condemned for our sin. The Lord should have punished us and done away with us. Instead, God took on human flesh and took the punishment for your sin on the cross at Calvary for you and completed the work, taking your punishment, taking your place. And at the cross cried, it's finished. He finished the work, all that was needed to do so that he can say to you, all things are now ready. All you have to do is come. Whether you're a child, an older person, a middle-aged person, tonight the Lord Jesus Christ bids you to come. You see, we're deserving of hell. God could justly and rightly send us to that place. But for the child of God, the one who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and accepts his his salvation is able to say, for there is now no condemnation. I'm not condemned anymore to hell. For there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is good news for you, dear sinner friend, this evening. When God invites you to his salvation, he invites you just now. Let me tell you, he's not inviting you to a funeral. He invites you to his feast. And one of the greatest myths that we battle with non-Christians in these days is the belief that somehow Christianity and faith in the Lord and fun can't be mutually, or they are mutually exclusive. They don't go together. I tell you, there's great joy in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. Don't ever listen to that myth, that thing that the devil will put in your head. Quite quite frankly, a lot of Christians can give that impression at times. But don't let the devil put that into your head. There was a great supper prepared and there's a great salvation has been prepared for you. And it's been prepared by God. The Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and he suffered and he took your place there. He shed his precious blood for you. And if you in your mind's eye could could just visit the scene at the cross of Calvary tonight and see the pain on the Saviour's face as he bore your sin and took your punishment, if you could see him walking through the streets of Jerusalem as people swear at him, as people spit upon him, if you could see them mockingly place that crown of thorns on his head, You could see the nails driven into his hands and his feet. Your sin and the sin of the whole world is rained upon him. And the wrath of God falls upon him. And it's because of you and it's because of me and it's because of our sin. And Christ, he hangs there in your place. Why does he do it? Because he loves you and he doesn't want you to face hell. He says to you tonight, it's a very simple command. Dear sinner, he says, come. For I've done the work. And all things are now ready. I've completed everything that needs to be done. Will you not come, he says. You see, there's an invitation tonight, but I want you to notice this secondly. I want you to see the excuses that the people made. Quite frankly, they were ridiculous excuses. The invitation come. 
Now listen to this, it says and they all, verse 18, with one consent, or they all at one time began to make excuses. Literally everybody who was invited started to say, I can't come, all of them. Can you imagine how disgusted those Jews who were listening to Christ tell the story were? This was unheard of. If you were invited to something like this, you went. The full picture of those who are listening in ancient Near Eastern traditions, when you were invited to this sort of meal with someone, that was an extension of friendship. And when you refused, that was a statement that you no longer wanted to be their friend. You no longer wanted to be involved with them. Essentially, it was a declaration of war in that society. And nobody would do this. But they all did it. And the Pharisees and scribes would have looked at each other as the Lord Jesus told the story. And they would have said, this is ridiculous. Nobody would do that. This is a joke. This is just rude. This is unrefined. This is considered outrageous. It's unacceptable. This doesn't happen. This is a breach of courtesy. It's a breach of kindness to a man and a staff who prepared a massive feast. And just to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come it's completely against social ethics. It was an absurd story. It was strange. And we have really some senseless excuses in this passage. Because we read in verse 18 that the first said, I've just bought a field. I've just bought a field and I need to go and see it. Please excuse me. So we have this man who's been invited to go to a great banquet and it was probably the greatest banquet that there was in that town at the time and he was invited a free banquet he didn't have to pay a penny and he's been given a personal invitation he's been told come for all things are now ready but this man had something that he thought was far more important I've just bought a fee and I can't go a fee a piece of dirt that's his excuse I'm not going Now there's another person who made an equally ridiculous excuse. And it goes on and says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another excuse. Now what I want you to notice about these first two excuses is they're both things that could have waited. This banquet was something that was only happening once. It was something that perhaps was probably never ever going to happen again. This was a special occasion. Perhaps it was a wedding celebration or an anniversary. It was a one-time thing. It couldn't be postponed. And they were being invited now. It was something that couldn't be put off. Yet these things that could have been left, these excuses, these ridiculous excuses were made. The man could have went and checked in the field another day. The other man could have gone and checked his yoke of oxen another day, but they didn't. And they made their excuse. This third excuse was, I just got married. That was his excuse. Now, it wasn't that he was getting married. It was that he had just got married. He was already married. Bring your wife with you. I want to ask you, dear friend, tonight, when it comes to the banquet of Christ's salvation, what absurd and ridiculous excuses are you making? When it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
What are you telling him when the Spirit of God convicts you of sin? Maybe you've sat here in these pews or maybe you listen at home and you've even shed a tear many a time as you've listened to the gospel message as you've listened to what Christ has done for you and you leave this place with all your excuses. I'm not coming tonight because I need to sort that. I'm too old, I'm too young. You don't know what I've done with my life, Peter. God could never forgive me. Or maybe you say, I look at other Christians and they're hypocrites. And I would never want to be part of them. Stop looking at other Christians. Look to Christ. He is the very example. Do not look at the people around you. Dear friend, stop making excuses. Because one day you're going to stand in eternity. And you'll look back to nights like tonight. When maybe the Spirit of God came and convicted you of your sin. And you never came. Oh, we all make excuses that are not excusable. You sit here and maybe you've sat in these pews for years. You've listened to preacher after preacher plead with you to come to Christ. To surrender your soul. Maybe perhaps you've listened and attended to many gospel services. And even gospel missions. Maybe you've went to evangelistic outreaches and you've heard the gospel. Maybe you've read books about it. Maybe you've seen videos on YouTube about it. Maybe you've listened to CDs in the car about it. Maybe the people in your family have pleaded with you. Maybe your friends and work have witnessed to you. And you're continually making excuses. The one day these excuses are going to run out and you'll stand in a lost eternity. I don't know how many excuses there can be. I don't know why people will not trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. I'm too young the rest of my life ahead of me. I'm too old. It's too late at my stage. I've done too many wrong things. God couldn't take me. God wouldn't take me. I've a career to think about, Peter. I'm only starting out in life. Maybe you say I have my education. I want to get the right footing in life. Then perhaps when everything's good around me and have a good house, a good spouse, a good salary, then I'll think about it. What if that never get? What if you never get to that stage? Maybe it's your family. Well, I want to devote my time to my family and between my job and my family. Well, if I started adding church into that and I became a Christian and had to dedicate myself to something else, I wouldn't have the time for my family or I wouldn't have the time for my career. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Is it your reputation? Are you worried what people will say? If I came to Christ, the hassle I would get, the jokes I would receive, the friends I would lose. Listen, are you making excuses? You know, they're not reasons, they're excuses. You know, a reason, when you give a reason, it's, it, it carries a bit of weight. But when you carry, give an excuse, it doesn't stand up. And the Lord Jesus says, and he speaks of how this is something that is ready now. It's ready for you tonight. Come for this salvation. It's, it's now ready. And it's offered to you and we live in the day of grace and mercy of God when his hand of mercy is extended to you. Why will you not come? Why do, why do you not see in scripture there's so many verses and it, it stamps home the urgency of the gospel. It says, behold, right now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. How Victoria, as she sang her final song, it said, We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know if you will make it to your pillow tonight. 
And that's why you must listen to God as he speaks to you in this place this evening. As he says, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. All things are ready. Now. Your excuses won't stand up in eternity. And your excuses won't fool God. Because God can see right into the deep recesses of your heart. And God can weigh your motives. God can weigh your excuses. And God knows more than anybody else in this room knows about your heart. And he knows about the excuses you're making. And he knows that they will not stand in eternity. And yet again, you're found in this place under the sound of the gospel. And yet once more, God is speaking to you. Stop hardening your heart. Today, if ye hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Dear friend, tonight you're invited to this banquet of salvation. Listen to the excuses that these people made. And as you read them, and as the crowd who listened to them, they would have thought this story was simply ridiculous. And dear friend, the excuses that you make this evening, when in eternity and you look back, you'll realize the excuses I made in life, they were ridiculous. When Christ simply offered his salvation to me. You know, fools make silly excuses. The Lord Jesus said, the Lord Jesus said, in this life, he said, if you're willing to sell all and follow me, you can't, if you're not willing to sell all and follow me, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to hate your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, and even your own life. And what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying to that was forsaking all those things that you love more. He wasn't saying that you need to hate the people that are in your family, but what he was saying is you need to place me above all else and realize that I'm the most important thing in this life. He doesn't literally mean to hate your family. He wants you to have a willingness to put him first in your life. And he repeatedly said things like this. And often he spoke about leaving material possessions and leaving human relationships behind. You see, the Jews had all said yes to God's promise in the Old Testament, but they'd said no to God's son when he arrived in this earth, their Messiah. They said yes to the original invitation, but no to the invitation to come to Christ now. They were dominated like all sinners by natural desire, by a love for the flesh, by a love for the world and a love to self. Is that your excuse? I love the way I'm living. I love my sin. There's a man, the dirt of his field was his priority. There's a man and his oxen was his priority. There was someone, even his relationship, it was the wife. And it kept them from God. You know, the Lord Jesus stood one day and looked at Jerusalem and he said, I wanted to gather you as children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you wouldn't have it. And the Jerusalem rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord, you know what it tells us? He stood and he cried. Can I tell you something tonight? The Lord Jesus Christ weeps over your soul tonight. And I want to tell you there are many faithful men and women in this church fellowship and I have listened to them pray and weep over souls. And they pray for you. The reality is after all your excuses eventually God steps back. One day God will just abandon you. 
and he'll leave you to live that life of sin and to go to a lost eternity. God's patience may weary with you someday and his spirit will no longer strive with you. By willful resistance to his open invitation, you just wander away. The banquet was there ready for you, but you turned away. The Lord Jesus has said he is the way, the truth and the life. He is the way to come to salvation. And the Lord Jesus, he comes not to give us religion, but to give us life and freedom from the bonds of religion, freedom from the bonds of sin, a relationship with God Almighty. And one day, face to face, we'll be with him. If you're a child of God here tonight and you've accepted this invitation, you one day will stand face to face with your Savior. You know, I want you to note finally in this story, the strange guests that actually attended. There were all these men who made their excuses, these men who made their excuse not to come. The Lord Jesus says that this man who was inviting these people, he had invited these respectable and rich and famous and religious leaders, but these men, they were too busy and they made their excuses These men had too many other concerns. Uh, So this man who was organizing this banquet, he sent his servant to go out into the highways and byways and to collect the poor and collect the down and out and collect the sinners and collect the social outcasts to collect them all to invite them to the kingdom of God. And that's the point. No matter who you are tonight, whether you're the highest in society, down to the lowest, whether you're the richest person in this room or you're the poorest person in this room, God's salvation is offered to all. And you see, you bring nothing into this world and at the end of life you'll bring nothing out of it. And all that will matter is what you did with Christ. Are you poor tonight? The Lord Jesus Christ knows what it was to be poor. He was born in a manger. Are you a social outcast tonight? The people wanting, wanted nothing to do with the Lord Jesus when he was here in this earth. And it is this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, says to you, come. Let me ask you bluntly tonight, what is your excuse? Why won't you come? Come while the Saviour in mercy is going. For there's still room at the, the table, this banqueting table for you. And the Lord says to you very simply tonight, come on to me. All ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, the Lord Jesus spoke of those who simply rejected this message, this invitation. This is what he said in verse 24. He said, None of those men, speaking of those who were invited, which were bidden, shall taste of my supper. Don't reject his salvation once more. He says to all in this place tonight, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Turn from your sin. Come to this banqueting table of salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ has made all the preparations. Oh, I plead with you as a preacher of the gospel. Stop making your excuses.
bow the knee tonight and trust Christ as your Savior. We're going to sing as we close this evening. Our final hymn is, O Sinner, the Savior is calling for thee long, long. As he called thee in vain, he called thee when joy lent its crown to thy days. He called thee in sorrow and pain. And the chorus says, O turn, while the Savior in mercy is calling, and steer for the harbour light. For how do you know that your soul may be drifting over the dead line tonight? That will be the end of excuses into eternity. And if your soul were to drift over the deadline tonight, as we sing this, I want you to consider, where will you be?